What's going on, everybody? Episode 186 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Actually, it might be 187, but you'll see it in the title. Um, we like to bring you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. Uh, this week, again, Tom is out. I know, I know. It's it's unacceptable at this point, and Frank and I hash it out. We're not sure what we're going to do about it. Um, but in the meantime, this week, Frank and I are talking about what's in your pack early season. Uh, it kind of changes throughout the year, so this at this time, you know, two months out from the season, we're kind of hashing out what we carry into the woods on a daily basis for, you know, evening hunts after work and even weekend hunts. So, you know, hopefully you guys can learn something. Maybe there's something we're carrying that you're not. Um, and maybe you've got something that you carry that we don't, and I'd like to hear about it. So, you know what Tom always says, leave it in the comments. I'm going to quit rambling. Let's get tuned in to this week's episode. I got out of the truck, and when I slammed the door, I heard gobbles all around me. Alaska, moose, spot and sock. That is the bucket list. I agree. Nick are hanging out tonight, just the two of us. Tommy, we said last week, just got married, so he's out on his honeymoon having a good time. Uh, so leave it in the comments for him. Tell him congratulations if you feel like it. Uh, he's definitely out of sick days, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think he's... I think this is three weeks in a row we've been without him. It's like almost unexcused absences at this point. Like, yeah, so hopefully people really like listening to you and I because... That's all. Maybe we'll just have to get Austin on full time from now on since Tom can't be here. Yeah, he'd love that on third shift. Yeah, he sure would. Leave here, go straight to work. It'd be a good time. Yeah. Um, but while we're, I guess, since Tom's not here, you know, we can talk about whatever we want. Yeah. Um, but this week I did want to talk about because um, our C- PA in uh, New York season is, I mean, we are about two months out. Yeah. Um, in if you haven't already, it's time to really start to get your system together, your mm-hmm. everything you plan on using. Um, and so today I wanted to kind of dive into like a what's in your pack early mm-hmm. season kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and a little bit more in depth than that, like kind of um, what we're wearing early season um, and then what we're carrying into the woods for each hunt. Um, because for me, I know, I don't know if it changes for you, but um, what I'm carrying into the woods early season changes um, once the rut hits and then into late season, obviously what we're wearing changes and we can get into that as the season goes on. Um, but I guess we'll just easy enough to start with just what you're wearing early season, um, to stay comfortable for whatever, how long you typically hunt early season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I usually wear as little as possible because it's usually, we have a lot of 70 degree days early October. Mm -hmm. So I'm most of the time just in a t-shirt and a light pair of pants, you know, like I usually just wear jeans or like brown pants in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I dress as light as possible and I throw 
a hoodie in my fanny pack. And gotcha. that, I'm not a backpack guy since we're talking gear. Yeah. I don't like a backpack. I like to have a fanny pack just because I can hook it to my tree easy mm-hmm. enough and I don't have to have another hook. And it, the way I do it, it's I just use the tree. I hook it so it's like right off to my one side. Like mm-hmm. however I make my setup, I make it so that when I'm stand, because I stand all the time if, I'm a, if I sit down or I plan to sit in a spot for the most part. I set it up so that my pack, everything is right next to me so I can just reach into stuff. And my fanny pack has like a, it's kind of like a wire. Yeah. It's a nice fanny pack. Yeah. It's a Badlands pack. Um, It's, it's very nice, but it's like, it's not a wire. It's like plastic, but it's, yeah, it's like a cable. And uh, so the top of my pack is almost like a table basically. So Mm -hmm. I pull out everything that I need because I don't like having stuff around my neck archery hunting. I don't like to have a grunt tube hanging off my neck. If I do have it around my neck, I tuck it inside my bibs when mm-hmm. I'm wearing bibs. Um, but my fanny pack it basically is like a table when I hook it to the tree. So I set my rangefinder. if I'm using a grunt, a bleat, I set all that stuff on my fanny pack. As soon as I sit down in my stand, I get set up. That's the first thing I do. I range my spots, and then I'm hunting. So that's like... My one of my favorite things about my setup is that I have that fanny pack for that ease of setting my stuff mm-hmm. right there. I don't have to set it on my seat or my stand. I'm not picking up, moving stuff. It's always right there next to me. It's like having a little desk up in the stand yeah. with me. And then obviously I hang my bow up. That's one thing I need to climb and bring my recurve up a couple times and see like how I want to. Because obviously my recurve is a lot freaking longer than yeah. Uh, my compound so i need to figure out exactly how i want to set up and how i need to put my hook in and there's no cam to like hook it through so like when there's a pinch point yeah on exactly. your strings like it's i'm, I'm curious to how you're going to do that mm-hmm. and i plan to just like hook it right on the string and just like gently set it there because it's light enough it's not gonna yeah. like slide up under the string but if i were to pull it down then it would slide up between the um, string and the shaft you could um i know that there's bow hangers out there that mount to your stand mm-hmm. um that do fit recurves yeah. so that might be something to consider i probably have an extra one maybe to mm-hmm. play around with um but yeah that's definitely something you're gonna have to mm-hmm. figure yeah, out it'll be a bit of a learning curve and figuring out what little tools i need and what small things i need to tweak for being mm-hmm. in the stand with my recurve and definitely my setup because a lot of times i set up with you know, limbs and stuff. I try to cut as few things as possible. So I have just enough room for my bow, but it'll be interesting to see how much more I need to cut out. If anything, obviously it'll be a little bit because my bow's 20 inches longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So just getting used to that and getting into that different mindset with the traditional equipment, as opposed to my compound. So early season, what kind of boots are you wearing typically i pretty much always wear leather boots and i know a lot of people are against leather boots for deer hunting they like rubber boots because supposedly scent control it's better but i pretty i have a pair of boots that i hunt in so it's not like i'm going out doing things in these leather boots that are getting a bunch of foreign scents that are going to really wreck my hunt and i don't believe that that is the case anyway um if you play the wind you'll you'll be fine yeah 
Uh, but yeah, I pretty much wear leather boots all the time. I have a pair of Loas that I absolutely love. They're a phenomenal boot. And I, when you've put them through the ringer up in Alaska and, yeah. you know, in Nebraska and different states, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that they're going to perform well. And yeah, if they're comfortable, that's a big thing is feet, com- like foot comfort is huge when it comes to longevity on stand. Yeah. That's always the first thing you hear people bitch about anytime they're in the woods is one, if they're walking a lot, their feet are hurting from walking because their mm-hmm. boots suck and two, they get cold. Yeah. So that's one thing I never understood. Um, is people will spend, you know, fifteen hundred to two grand on a full bow setup, and then they'll spend hundreds of dollars on a stand and stuff, but then they want to skimp on boots. Yeah, like the, the one of the, the I, thing I, that gets you to the tree. Yeah, they want to skimp on. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because a good pair of boots will keep you in the woods. Oh yeah, a lot longer than a shitty pair of boots. Yeah, and that's Tom's brought it up many times um, about how he used to think it was, you know not man-like to use like foot warmers and stuff mm-hmm. and tom's like you know if i'm comfortable now as he gets older and doesn't care mm-hmm. you know he's like I, if i'm comfortable i'm staying way longer yeah um so tom's big on you know as soon as the temperatures drop a little bit foot warmers right in his boots yeah um and, and i'm the same way now too just mm-hmm. because it's if i'm comfortable i'm gonna stay out there as late as i need to be yeah and so. i've never had an issue with my hand especially my hands my, my hands, hands never, never get, cold. get cold my feet don't get cold so i don't use hand or boot warmers i think especially in my boots because it just boot warmers make my boot uncomfortable yeah you have to have a boot that you buy it has to be f- like f- it's tough to explain it but basically it has to accept it yeah. Um, and still be comfortable. Yeah. If and not all boots do that. Yeah. If that, if you're like Tom or you, if you, that's something that you plan on wearing mm-hmm. in your boot, you have to think about that beforehand. When you put a boot on in the store and you're like, oh, that fits perfectly, we'll now throw a thick sock on. And if you have a boot warmer in there, it's going to fit yeah. a lot different. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, early season, um, I'm guilty of wearing my work boots. A lot mm-hmm. of times early season. Um, yeah. And that, I guess that's more for weeknight hunts. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like I, I work Monday through Friday and pretty much every single hunt that I do after work, I am wearing steel-toed leather boots. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to wear steel-toed boots all year long and yeah. people thought I was nuts, which I was because my feet were really freaking cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just a an efficiency thing to me. I don't believe that leather ruins, like I don't think it, makes a difference no so for me the faster i can get into the woods um mm-hmm. the better and pants wise um i at my previous job um we had a clothing allowance and i was able to get just like brown khaki pants mm-hmm. um and I, I got like five pairs a year mm-hmm. so i would just wear those like on the days that i'm gonna hunt i just made sure i'm wearing like an earth tone pant yeah and my work boots and then I would just take my high vis shirt off because I had to wear high vis every single day, mm-hmm. um, and then just uh, throw on usually just like a really thin uh, flannel. Like it's not even really flannel; it was just like a cotton. Yeah. Um, but like a plaid color or some sort of checker print. It's, mm-hmm. It didn't really matter. I, I've got some that are just plain earth tone color. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, earth like basically for me, earth tones year round and just varying yeah um, i'm a big earth tone guy yeah um and and what changed what changed it for me um like switching like i still will 
will wear camo because some of the things I have are really nice quality. Like I have some uh, Silent Predator wool camo. Yeah. Um, but I didn't buy it for the camo pattern. Um, it, I bought it for the being quality. wool. Yeah. Um, but the reason I wear so much just solid earth tone colors, and I can't remember where I read this um, and who was the one that, you know, first voiced this concept. But basically, if you take a blue barrel and you put it out 50 yards in front of you and it's spinning, if it's solid blue, it's going to be really hard to tell that it's, it, that it's that it's moving. Yeah. But if you put a pattern on that barrel and you spin it at 50 yards, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to see that it's moving. Yeah, even if it's a camo pattern in yeah. something, you can see all of that stuff moving. Yeah, even though it, it could match the background perfectly. But if it's moving in a, in a not natural way, like if it's not swaying with the tree, if it's just spinning, like you moving in a tree, it's so much easier to pick out than just a solid color. Yeah. Um, and I've I promise you, I the last f- probably five deer I've killed with my bow, I was wearing solid colors. Mm-hmm. It just it works for me. Um, but anyway, so it, it's super light, like I said, just regular Dickies pants, mm-hmm. um, some sort of long sleeve shirt. I don't like hunting without sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, for what I just, it's just a preference thing. Yeah. Um, my steel toe work boots. I have my visor with the furry top on it. And I, we, we've gotten comments about that many times. Like I've people like for a long time, I had people asking me if I was just putting that on for posing for pictures. Nah, Cause like I had, that's going in like, the woods. Like every buck I shoot, you know, I've got in archery, I've got a picture and I've got, you know, one of them funny visors with the crazy hair out the top. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, did you, do you guys like throw that on for the picture? I'm like, no, I wear that all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Um, and then I'm the same way. I usually throw a hoodie. Um, we wear, uh, those Arbor wear hoodies. Yeah. So I usually, I have a Brown one and it's actually got blaze orange print on it. Mm-hmm. And I roll that up and that's my layer. If it gets cold or mm-hmm. even if it rains, that thing will, if you're doing an evening hunt, if it starts to rain, you've got a couple hours before it's really going to get to your core. Yeah. Um, that thing is just so thick. Um, yeah. it's going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy. Oh, yeah. Um, it's heavy to begin with. Yeah. Um, but that thing almost works as like a temporary rain protection for a while. Yeah. Um, so that, that's pretty much clothing wise what I'm wearing. Um, I, I don't really wear face masks. No, it's, I'm not a face mask. Guy. Um, I, the only reason I will throw a face mask on if the bugs are really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Every once in a while to get in the zone, I'll like paint my face. And yeah. for some reason, it just gets you farther. Yeah. Into yeah. Just get your head right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's usually uh, when I've been hunting for several days in a row and it's been low action and I just need a little pick me up. Yeah. So I'll just do the war paint. And like I said, it doesn't make any <laughs> difference. But it, it, psyched up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like turning on, you know, some heavy metal before you're going into like a wrestling match or something. It's just yeah. a little war paint. You're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what's in my pack, um, especially early season, I don't bring a whole lot. I would be I'm I prefer fanny packs like you, mm-hmm. but once I started filming, it was just too much equipment to keep in a fanny pack. Yeah. Um, but what I did do is I bought a backpack that has a strap like your fanny pack that I can strap it to the tree without any extra hooks. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that was like if I'm gonna switch away from, you know, a fanny pack one of the biggest things I liked about it was I got up the tree and I snapped around the tree, boom, mm-hmm. it's there. Um, so I bought a backpack that does the same. Mm-hmm. So, and it's right across the top and mine has a rigid frame like yours does too. So it literally, it, it treats like basically my backpack turns into like, um, 
four gallon bucket mm-hmm. that's strapped to the side of the tree. It's just a big dump pouch. The, everything is in there. Yeah. Um, there's pockets on the inside. So like everything's separated. Um, I don't empty out. Like I have my grunt tube, my rattle bag, all that stuff in my bag all the time, mm-hmm. but it never gets pulled out, especially early season. Yeah. Um, in the rut, if I'm hunting all day, um, it gets pulled out for fun, but I've never once, ex- one time I had a, a buck respond to a grunt tube that I could physically witness. Confirm. Um, I've had plenty of deer come in after using a grunt tube or a rattle bag, but there's only been one time I could hundred percent confirm that that's what brought them in. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've snort wheezed a buck in last year with just my mouth. Um, and that was a hundred percent Mm-hmm. What's sealed the deal on that? I've had more luck snort wheezing at bucks than it's a very any aggressive vocalization. It's a very aggressive vocalization, and I think it takes. I I think you either need a very aggressive mentality in a deer, or mm-hmm. a little bit older age class. And when I say older age class, I feel like three and a half and above. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I've seen two year olds that just are pissed off at the world, and they just yeah. they will come over. For, I've seen spikes yeah. come into a grunt tube you know, just ready to bright anybody that's over there. Um, but yeah, so like in my pack, um, always have a range finder because anybody that's been around me hunting knows I absolutely suck at judging distance. Even if you're phenomenal at judging distance, I think it's an absolute necessity to range stuff often. Yeah. Even I play the guessing game. I sit, especially if it's slow, I'll be like, that tree looks about 23 yards and then I'll hit it. Mm-hmm. That tree looks like it's about 36 yards. Boom. I'll hit it. Uh, I suck at it. Uh, I was but, doing that with Jason in the yard the other day. I was shooting uh-huh. my bow and he came over and he asked how far away the target was. And I had just like walked out into the yard and I was like, I don't know. It looks like it's about 22 yards. And he pulled out my range find and he's like oh wow that was spot on he's like it's exactly 22 yards and he like started pointing at stuff like trees and different yeah. shit around and i was popping off distances and i'm pretty good at judging distance so i was yeah. usually within a yard or two but still even the spots that i hunt a lot like if i climb the same tree over and over again or if i have a permanent set yeah every time i get in the stand i range all of my spots and yep. i draw my bow on all of my spots as soon as i get in the tree it's just a good habit to get into. Yeah, I agree. Um, and like I said, I, I'm, I, there's been many times where, you know, I shot a buck and I'm on the phone with Thomas. He's like, well, how far was he? And I'm like, I don't know, like maybe like 23. And mm-hmm. he comes out and it was like 12. Or it's been the other way. Like the one time I shot a buck and he's like, how far was it? I'm like, I think it was like 25. It's like 36. Yeah. Um, now my arrow, like... I don't know if it's like an instinct thing. My arrow hits its mark like where it's supposed to, mm-hmm. but I just, I'm very bad about like, there's a small window of blackout mm-hmm. when a deer comes in. It, it Instincts take over for me. Yeah. Um, and it, it works for me. I'm not saying that this is good. It's yeah. just how it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, my judging distance sucks. And since then I just, I always have a range finder and make sure I'm hitting it several times Mm -hmm. um every window that i can shoot out of my stand i make sure i range Mm -hmm. um so on top of range finder um i always bring binoculars because i feel like it my eyes are going i I don't every time i go to the doctor they keep telling me i have 2020 but my 2020 now is not what it was five years ago yeah and i had a buck last year that i let go 60 70 yards before i realized it was a buck like, I mean, it was a hundred yards out, but I should have been able to tell that that was a buck. 
Yeah. Um, and as soon as I pulled my binos, I was like, oh shit, that's, that's a buck and that's a shooter mm-hmm. around here. So like, I, you know, still, still made a good shot on it and everything. It was with a rifle. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, but having binos for me is, I mean, absolutely essential. And I keep those strapped right to my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I, I shoot with them all summer like that. So I know, you know, my limitations, which way as I can lean to make sure the string's not in my way. Mm-hmm. Um, but having a good bino harness that keeps my binoculars right there so I can check things out all the yeah, time. Yeah, bino harness is very clutch because just having them hanging with just a strap around. Yeah, mine are, I mean, tight to my body. Yeah, and so mine's not really like a pouch that my... Yours is more of a cover. Yeah, it, exactly. The binos hang over my shoulders and then that cover is strapped around my ribs uh-huh. and it just holds my binos tight and then I can lift them up and they're still attached to me. Yeah. Yeah, see, mine, I have a rangefinder pouch on the side that I leave unzipped during the hunt. Mm-hmm. And I usually leave my bino harness open, so it's just everything's quick. Yeah. Um, so I just, everything's open in front of me. That's another, it, like, a big tip is to anything you think you're going to need throughout the hunt, get it out now. Yeah. As soon as you sit down, get it all out. Yep. Have it there so you don't have to go fumbling through your pack when you're like, oh, shit, I... I see a deer coming or something's happening. Yeah. I need this. You don't have to unzip something. You don't cool. have to go fumbling through your pack trying to find it. You know right where it is. You can keep your eyes on the animal or whatever's going on. Reach, grab it, and you're good to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to give you an idea how fast things can happen and why you need to be prepared like that is last year, the doe I shot, from the time my truck pulled into the farm to the time I called you and Tom to tell you I shot a deer was 35 minutes. Yeah. And I hung my stand. Yeah. Like, so in the, in the time from I pulled in the driveway, I texted Tom, said I just got to the farm. I walked back, hung my stand, got up, pulled all my stuff out and pretty much shot, shot yeah. and, and then called. Like, it was like 35 minutes mm-hmm. and I, I know it was under 40 and like I had everything ready. I had my camera strapped and camera almost cost me that dough, but that's, <laughs> I think I already talked about that on that hunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I'm big on getting everything out ready to mm-hmm. go. Arrow knocked is like one of the first things I do. Yeah. Um, and that's another reason why I now have my bow hook on my stand because it's one less thing I have to do up in the tree. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is kick that bow hook out, put my bow in, yeah, knock an arrow, and I'm in. You're not screwing anything into the tree. You don't have any straps to yeah. mess with. And I also like having my bow in front of me now too because I used to hang it behind me and it's it sucks because I'm a sitter. Yeah. So there's too much movement involved trying to reach behind you to get your bow out of the tree. Sometimes I like to hang it in front of me if there's a limb coming around. Yeah. Um, but now I just put it on my stand. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a mount on the other side of the stand for my quiver. So like everything is right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a little pack underneath my stand that will hold um, like my grunt tube and my um, underneath your seat. Yeah, it's underneath the seat. So when I'm sitting down, anything that's not strapped to me is right at my fingertips legs. between my legs. Mm-hmm. So everything I need for a hunt is within my body. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to move like hardly at all. I hate yeah. moving in the tree stand. It's mm-hmm. that's why I sit because if I stand, I sway, I spin, I just mm-hmm. can't sit still. So or stand still. Yeah. Um. So I sit. But yeah. uh, I think I've said it before, but I think that is one of the most overlooked things when people are going into the woods is how they set up their tree. Yes. It's, in my opinion, one of the most important things and a poor setup will cost you dear. Even if you're in the right spot, it has. 
it for will me. cost you dear if you don't know exactly how you're set up if you don't set up the same every time you know if you put your pack on your left side put it there every time if you yeah it's your a bow system on your right side put it there every time you know it's, it needs to be instinct that every time i need to grab my bow it's in the exact same place yeah and that's another thing too is like guessing like with a bow hook guessing how high you want that bow hook to get your yeah get the um the grip at the right, right height there. you know mm-hmm. So now it's just like it's the exact same every single time. And I am a very big believer on having a system for everything mm-hmm. once you're in the tree is essential. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of hunts that it may not make a difference, but there's plenty of hunts that it does. Yeah. And it's worth – and actually it makes you so much faster. Mm-hmm. Once you get that system down and you know that every time I get up in the tree, this is what I do. I do this. I do that. I do this it makes it go so much simpler. Yeah. And it really helps like when you get caught by a deer. Yes. If they're coming in, you can keep your eyes on that deer and reach for your bow or whatever it yep. is that you might need. Cause a lot of times like a deer will come in, like a doe will come running in and she'll be like, Oh, what's going on up in that tree? And she's looking at you and there might be a buck coming behind her. And I can't you, afford to take my eyes off. Yeah, yeah. You need to keep your eyes on her, even though if you don't want to shoot her, Something could be coming behind her. You need to know what she's doing, and you can reach for your stuff that you yep. need without looking away. Because as soon as you look away, she could be doing anything, looking right at you, and the slightest move, now your hunt's fucked. Yeah. I won't look a deer in the eyes, but my eyes never leave that deer. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, you need to see what they're doing. Yeah. Because, like you said, as soon as you turn around to grab a bow, they could be looking dead at you when you make that move back. Yeah. And it, it's... I've been busted doing that in years mm-hmm. past and in the past few years that I've got this system. Um, I think knock on wood, this is the first year I've ever gone. I have not bought a single new piece of equipment leading into this year. Yeah. Um, there's still time. There is still time, but I said it at the end of last year that I finally felt like I had everything I needed mm-hmm. and I'm still holding to that. Everything worked perfectly last year. There was nothing that I wanted to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always said from the time I started doing everything with my gear and switching things all around, I was just trying to get the right system down. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I had everything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I feel confident now that it, it's exactly the way I want it. Yeah. Um, even to the point where I have a um, retractable gear hoist for my bow that's mounted inside my stand. So like, mm-hmm. I don't even have to think about that. Like there's a rip cord on the side. So as soon as I get to the tree, I take my pack off. I grab that, um, carabiner, hook that to my tr- tree stand and it slowly descends out as I climb up. Like yeah. everything is systematically planned exactly the way it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's crucial for, especially those hunts that last 35 minutes. Yeah. Um, you just, you never know what you're going to walk into. I mean, mm-hmm. your dad's had hunts like that where it was like as fast as he got up the tree, he was climbing back down because it was over. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of people have those hunts. Yeah. It happens all the time. So you need to be prepared for those things. You don't want to be trying to figure out what you're doing once you're up in the tree. You want to yeah. be ready to go at all times. You, yeah. If you're in the woods, you're hunting and you better be hunting, not well, and, setting up. And that's even, it comes down to like, you know, prime time. And during the rut, the bow doesn't leave my hand. Yeah. Like I, my bow is in my hand at all times for prime time and the rut. Mm-hmm. Now, early season, when I first get up in the tree, it's usually not in my hand, but it's there. It's right where I need it to be if yeah. something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rut, it seems like things can happen so much faster. Yeah. And in prime time, when light is a little bit lower and you might not be able to see something out as far, I think it's crucial to have that, you know, five second difference. Mm-hmm. 
of just having your bow in your hand. Yeah. So. No doubt. So are you? You said you're not a big face mask guy. I wanted to. No, I don't wear a face mask, and I, I even though it gets you in the mindset, I've never once put face paint on. I mm-hmm. just, I, like I said, I, I know it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, I just. Just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you got to have fun with whatever you're doing. Yeah. That's um, why we wear those stupid hats. Yeah. I, I think. Um, you have to obviously you got to take it seriously because what you're doing out there is serious. Yeah. Um, but you also have to be enjoying it or you won't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think most people if they had the choice, wouldn't go to work every day because they don't truly enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and if you don't truly enjoy your hunt, you're not going to do it as yeah. much as you need to be doing it. Yeah. Um, so anything you can do to make it a little bit more enjoyable, a little yeah. bit more relaxed. Have- well, that even comes down to if you need snacks in a stand, bring mm-hmm. them. Like I, I got nothing against that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're, you're a big time fast break guy. I love fast um, breaks. I know I, if I'm especially rut hunts, I'm going to have a candy bar in the bag. Um, Brad, he's, he cracks me up, up in Alaska. He, he hates when people have snacks in the just stand. drives he, him up a wall. Dri- he <laughs> loses his mind over it. He hates when people bring food, but he knows some people can't sit through a hunt without a candy yeah. bar. So he always walks it. He always brings a tote of candy bar, you know, just dumb shit. Yep. And he takes it into his client. And he says, pick out what you want right now. And they grab every, he's like, okay, now take all of the wrappers off. He's like, I don't want you ripping wrappers out. He's like, I know you you can't get through a hunt without it, so rip all the wrappers off, so we don't have to listen to that when there's a moose coming in. <laughs> so that is that's another thing is like people seem to can't they can't wait, you yeah. know, to have their snack, you know, half hour from now. If if the time doesn't, allow, it's not a good time. Yeah, um, just wait. Yeah, I mean, I for early season, at most I have a water bottle. Most mm-hmm. of the time I don't even have water. Yeah. Um, all day sits, I always have water, usually a Gatorade, mm-hmm. um, and usually like a cliff bar or something. Cause mm-hmm. like, I think I like to have stuff that is going to give me energy and sustain me for a while. Mm-hmm. So like cliff bar, um, or like, you know, the general store is pretty good about having fast breaks and zag nuts and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it, it's, I'm pretty minimal, you know, I don't typically, I'm mm-hmm. usually too lazy to like pack a lunch kind of thing it's more yeah, the only time i bring food into the woods is the first day of rifle season yeah or if i like even during archery if i do an all-day sit i usually don't have food yeah rifle season's a little different yeah um it's I, it is kind of like a picnic yeah <laughs> so it, it's just like i don't know like, i kind of let my hair down for rifle season it's yeah. not as serious to me i just mm-hmm. like to have a good time i yeah. mean i grew up during rifle season we would meet at my grandpa's hunting shack and he would grill sausage. Like yeah. it was just, just part of opening day for us. Yeah. Um, you'd never catch him doing that during guns or I mean, during archery season, yeah, you know, exactly. he was, and still is a very avid, um, archery hunter. And you're not, I mean, he used to, um, he's big on, he likes the, the blinds. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would hang, uh, estrous wafers in the windows of the blinds. So like, mm-hmm. Like, so you no would sit there escaping unless no, you, you went through some dope piss. Yeah. I mean, you would sit there in a all day rut hunt in a blind with him and smell nothing but piss yeah. the entire time because it was just like he would put dope piss in every window. So whatever way the wind was blowing, you're getting a whiff of piss. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, that's how seriously he took it. Um, and you know, my grandpa could, I swear could go days without eating. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like it's, he eats when it's convenient and yeah. that's it. Yeah. My dad's the same way. He He'll go out and like up in Alaska, he will, he'll go out camp, you know, they'll do a spike camp or something Yeah. and he'll bring 
a peanut, you know, a jar of peanut butter and a couple of slices of bread, and he's good for four days. Yeah. So, I will say, if I walk by a radish field or a turnip field, I'm, I'm putting them in my pocket. Oh yeah. I, I think, I, I people, I think maybe think we're joking about that, but I'm telling you, if you've got a food plot in front of you, if you plant food plots on your property and you got like radishes, turnips, soybeans, I know you don't like soybeans, no, but I, I like soybeans. soybeans. Um, but mainly the radishes and turnips. They're so good. Apple trees, like mm-hmm. any, pear trees, plum trees, anything like that. I'm telling you, grab a turnip out of the ground, put it in your pack, and when you get hungry a little later, dust a little of that dirt off, bite into it. It's pretty good. I, I actually really enjoy it. Yeah, I do um, it every time I hunt a food plot stand. I will always yeah. grab something out of the food plot. Yeah. Um, like I said, that's a pro tip. Just yeah. leave your snack in the woods. <laughs> um, Don't have to pack it in. Tom's tried the whole acorn thing. Not yeah, good. That's gross. Too many tannins. Um, but like the turnips and radishes have a little bit of a spicy bite to them mm-hmm. and um, just kind of crunchy and starchy. They're, I, I think they're good. I like them. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, that pretty much sums up what I'm carrying. So obviously my bow. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm going back and forth for what I'm going to do with a quiver because they make quivers that strap to like your recurve limb mm-hmm. or like to your riser. And I don't know if I want it. Or if I want to have like a side quiver, mm-hmm. I haven't decided what I want yet. Um, I feel like a side quiver might get in the way with like carrying everything else in the woods, like your stand yeah, on your back. Exactly. So if you were hunting from the ground solely, I would say yeah, go for it. But if you've got mm-hmm. a stand on your back, I just feel like arrows sticking to the side are just going to be a pain. Yeah. So that'll be another little learning curve for me this year. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to switch up, just learn something new and. Mm-hmm have new experiences, new challenges with that. Obviously, the challenge is why everybody does traditional hunting, but it's not just the shooting of the bow. It's everything else that goes along with it. Yeah. Depending on how you're – like I said, I've been talking. I'd like to do a traditional archery. It's just I haven't – I understand what dedication it takes, and I know enough about myself that I'm not ready to make that dedication. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping someday in the future – that's the case Mm -hmm. you know and maybe watching you get a deer with your bow this year will change that where it just lights a fire and i'm like yeah i'm doing it yeah um so we'll see Uh, i'm really excited to see how your season goes and Mm -hmm. would love to be you better be calling me on your first track oh i don't care if i watch it if it's a spine shot and it's right there i'm still calling you (laughs) good good you're not getting out of the stand until i get there (laughs) you're not doing any tracking until i get there um so yeah i'm really excited for that Mm -hmm. but uh I think that about sums it up for this week. Um, mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. If we haven't fired him, maybe Tom will be back next week. Yeah, Who he's, knows? He's on thin ice. We'll see. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, you guys all know what to do. Get outside.